Yeah, praise the Lord. How are you guys doing? Good morning. Um, I am so blessed to be here. What a wonderful worship this morning. How many of you feel that? The move of the Holy Spirit just moves so mightily in the presence of God today. Um, and, uh, and once in a while, uh, my sermon changed, okay? And that, that, that happens today, okay? So, uh, projection team, you can just stay back. Uh, <laughs> when I was worshiping God this morning, I could feel that the Holy Spirit speaking so loudly to me. And he spoke that, that word that we just sang, make room for me. Make room for the Lord. Do whatever you want to do in our lives. You know, the greatest tragedy for our generation is that the, the society and the culture wants you to believe that by coming to church and being preoccupied with your circumstances is more than enough. It's not enough. Because God is seeking for a generation that will speak and will declare, Lord, make room for me. For you, I will make room for you. Do whatever you want to do in my lives. Do whatever you want to do in my life. In First John chapter four, verse four, and I, I, I wanna, I wanna invite you to memorize this verse. Okay, can we memorize this one verse? It's only one verse, very simple. First John chapter four, verse four. One John four four. Okay, dear children, dear children, God is talking to you. Dear children, you belong to me. Say to yourself, I belong to Jesus. Tell to your left and right, say, I belong to Jesus. How many of you cannot say that word? How many of you cannot declare it? Seriously, how many of you cannot declare it? Because I would love to pray for you. Because there is something supernatural by declaring the word of Jesus. First John chapter 4 Verse 4, dear children, you belong to me. I belong to Jesus. Can you say it out loud? I belong to Jesus. The spirit that is in you is greater than the spirit out, out there. Come on, can you declare it? He that is in you, the Holy Spirit that is in you is greater than anything else in the world. Culturally, they want you to believe that that's not true. That Christian has no more power. Christian just going through the motion of coming to church, going back and having lunch and back again the next Sunday going to lunch. But from Monday to Friday, you are a defeated, deflated Christians. That's not who God has called you to be. Are you guys listening? That's not who God called you to be because you belong to God. You belong to Jesus and the Holy Spirit that is in you is greater than anything else in the world. Come on. Can we, can we, uh, maybe can you show the, is it easy to show the verse? 1 John 4.4. 1 4? John 4.4. 4. Can you make a promise that by next Sunday, you can declare it. You can memorize it. Very easy. You, dear children, you belong to God. You are from God. The spirit of God that is in you is greater than that that is in the world. I claim it. How many of you receive it? Come on, can I see hands? Okay, can I see hands? It's only like 15%, 10%. You know, I remember when the Lord Jesus, before he was lifted up in Matthew chapter uh, 26, I believe, uh, he said, pray like this. 
He said, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come on earth as is in heaven. My title for today's sermon is, Heaven is my reality. The kingdom of heaven is my reality. Can you declare it? Hey, heaven is my reality. The motion of us living like this is not our reality. Our pain, our suffering, our cry, our tears, our brokenness is not our reality. Our reality is heaven. Because God says, let, your, let the kingdom of heaven come. Come here on earth. Not when we go to heaven, but the kingdom of heaven is coming from there to here. The move of heaven is invading us here as a church. Do you believe it? Come on, do you believe it? Because if you believe it, that becomes your reality. And I'm not teaching about all these spooky gurus, uh, power of God, but this is the move that, that I experienced it. I still remember several years ago when I was in Pinal, I was serving there uh, in a retreat. Uh, and th that's my first time uh, going to a retreat as, as a speaker with my boy. At that time, Connor was uh, probably about 11 years old. It was very memorable. My first time going with my son, just the two of us going to serve uh, in, a, in a church in Pinol. Uh, and then we were, we were talking and we were praying for people. And then suddenly the Lord spoke to me. He said, there is someone in this room that are living in darkness, living in depression. That person has suicidal thoughts. That person wants to commit suicide. Who is that person? And nobody Raise up your hands. And I was telling myself like, oh man, did I make a fool of myself? You know? So it's okay. You know, sometimes God moves that way, right? When God speaks, you just declare it and then you just be obedient. If no one wants to lift up their hands, that's okay. I did my part. So to cut the long story short, that was when, when we finished this session, it was like, like 9, 10 o'clock, okay? And so we chit-chat. We finished chit-chatting. I went back to my room around midnight and then I changed to my pajamas. Suddenly, there is a knock on the door. I was like, who is this? It's midnight, man. You know, I need to sleep because tomorrow I have a full day of session. And then the pastor's wife actually knocked on my door. And I'm already in my pajamas. I'm like, yes. <laughs> he said, pastor, you need to come now. Now. Like, now? Can it be done tomorrow? He said, I clocked out already. You know, he said, no, now. Because this person needs to see you now. I'm like, okay, okay. Could you just hold? So I quickly changed. And then I went to this room. It's a small classroom. And there are about three girls in that, in that room. Okay. And I said, what, what's going on? He said, oh, the middle girl wants to talk to me. He said, and she wants to talk to me now. She cannot wait tomorrow. Okay. So I said, okay, what's your name? And she gave permission to share this because she already shared it all over the place. Okay. Uh, her name is uh, Fabi. Okay. So, Fabi, what was going on? And she said, Pastor, just now when you said somebody is in depression and suicide, that was me. But I didn't lift up my hand because I'm so ashamed of myself. How, how could it be? I grew up as a Christian. I went to Sunday school. I followed my parents every Sunday to, to church. How can I be depressed? How can I be in darkness? How can I live in prison? I was ashamed. But... After the session, 
my my whole my whole being is you know it's like awakened i couldn't stop it i was like i need to talk to the pastor i need to talk something is wrong with me something so she shared she was 17 years old at that time when she was speaking with me a few years back she actually three weeks or three, four weeks prior to the retreat she actually did commit suicide 17 years old she committed suicide in her apartment fortunately her roommate found out before things got worse so they called 911 she brought she was brought to the hospital she was uh, you know taken care in the hospital and then i said oh wow that's that's really amazing i'm like for 17 year old has to go through that that is very very devastating very sad so she said but the thing is also pastor is that i was diagnosed with uh, clinical depression and schizophrenia four months prior to me committing suicide. And I was like, oh my God, my heart was so broken. How can it be a generation of godly children has to go through this? And he said, and in addition to that, I've not slept for two weeks straight, 14 days straight, no sleep. He said, my housemate almost want to kick me out because I was walking around every night, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., trying to cook, trying to walk, trying to watch TV while my roommates wants to sleep. They were so upset. So I've not slept, Pastor. Please make me sleep. I want to sleep. I don't want to live like this. I was so devastated. As she was talking, an image of me actually before the day before the retreat, I actually took Connor to the Alcatraz. How many of you have been to San Francisco, right? Uh, one of the uh, tourist places is uh, going to Alcatraz. So we went to Alcatraz, and then there is a tour, you know, the guided tour. And then the guided tour took us to a solitary confinement. How many of you have watched Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, there you go. Man, I feel old now. How many of you don't know Shawshank Redemption? Don't lift up your hands. Okay. So the, so the, the guided tour took me to solitary confinement. I wish I have the the photo believe me today's sermon unscripted <laughs> i didn't even have things to show you okay but i wish next time i will take i will show you so when we went through the solitary confinement in uh, in shawshank it's not shawshank it's uh, alcatraz i told connor hey connor do you want to go in to the to the solitary confinement i'll take a photo you know memory right how many times have you know you go through the prison uh, and connor's like no dad it is scary it is so dark you know, I said, it's, not, it's okay, it's not real. It's a museum. He said, oh, no, no, no. If you want, I can take a picture of you. So me, you know, Instagram worthy. Why not? <laughs> so I went into the solitary confinement and said, okay, God, I took a picture. So I took a picture. I wish I can show you. I have the picture in my Instagram, okay? And then when she was talking, when this girl, Fabi, was talking, gives me that image of her in that solitary confinement. The door was open. The door of that solitary confinement, of that prison cell was open. But she was inside. And so I told her, like I saw this image. I went to Alcatraz. And then I saw, you know, you inside that dark room, in that dark prison cell. Door open. Why are you inside? And she was crying. She was like bawling. She's like, oh, Pastor, that was me. 
that was exactly me. I, I'm there. I'm inside that cell. I can see the doors open, but I can't take the step out. How many of you feel that way sometimes? That you are in the prison door with darkness. The door's been opened because Jesus is the door. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the life. But you can't take the step out. He said, I can't find freedom, pastor. And then I remember a verse. He says, he or she that call upon the name of Jesus shall be safe. So I said, Fabi, declare the name of Jesus upon your life. Declare it over, over your life. And she was like, you can see she was like uh, shaking. And we waited for like 30 seconds. We were all waited. Some of the friends is like praying over her. Some of them are speaking in tongues. The room was in stance. We waited for 30 seconds. One minute, she couldn't say it. I said, what's going on, Fabi? Fabi, say the name of Jesus right now. And so she was like, I said, 30 seconds, one minute. I said, Fabi, do you not understand what I'm trying to say? I said, I understand, Pastor. I understand. But I can't say the name. Say it. I can't. Say it. I can't. It's, a, it's in my head. I know that name, but I can't say it with my mouth. And we prayed over her. First John chapter 4, verse 4, Fabi, is for you. You are children of God. You belong to Jesus. He that is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now speak the name of Jesus. And she was like shaking and she was like, Ah, Jesus, help me. Everybody was quiet. She said, Pastor, I am free. I was like, the name of Jesus has set you free. She was crying, everybody hugging. I said, praise the Lord, can I go now? Because <laughs> by this time, it's already almost 2 o'clock. Because <laughs> tomorrow morning, the pastor already said 7 a.m. prayer meeting with Pastor Irwan. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I'm done. I went. 7 a.m., I woke up. The pastor took me to the mountains, like in the, in the jungle, you know. I don't know how many of you in that retreat, I wonder. You know, it's very beautiful. It's in the jungle. And then, okay, now let's praise the Lord and worship Him. Like, it's so cold. It's like 7 a.m. in the morning, worshiping God, okay. Many people came, okay. But Fabi wasn't there. I was concerned. Where is Fabi? You know? So I asked, like, anybody see Fabi? He said, oh, no, no, nobody see Fabi. <laughs> I was very concerned. So I took a shower. We start our first session at 9 a.m. Fabi wasn't there. And the second session, 11 a.m., Fabi wasn't there. Lunchtime, Fabi wasn't there. And then 6 p uh, 7 p.m. service, the night service, I saw Fabi. And then she came to me. She said, sorry, pastor. What happened? He said, I have not slept that well until last night. And I just woke up a couple of hours ago. 
Come on, give Jesus the glory. He that is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You know, I remember an excerpt. I was just searching it earlier on. And here's the excerpt from a book that was written by, uh, I think, Pastor Bill Johnson. And, and this is an excerpt of a book. This is not from me, okay? It says this. It has never entered the mind what God has prepared for us while on this earth. God has prepared supernatural things for you on this earth. You are not merely Christians that are going through the motion of life, but there is power in you when the Holy Spirit fills your life. He says, it has never entered the mind what God has prepared for us while on this earth. His intent is grand. Instead of limiting ourselves by our imagination and experiences, let's press on to a renewed hunger for things yet to be seen. As we pursue the extravagant one with reckless abandon, we will discover that our greatest problem is the resistance that comes from between our ears. There is something in you that God wants to do through all of you. Yeah, I know. You might not believe it when you look at your neighbor to your left and to your, you? Really? God has supernatural power that he wants to work through people like you? Yeah. Yeah. People like me. Can you believe it? His face has supernatural power of God. Oh, believe it. You don't want to mess with me. Right? I might look like a kitty cat. But behind me is the lion of Judah. Come on. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9, it says, no eyes have seen. You know, no eyes have seen, ears have not heard. Oh yes. Things that have not entered your heart and your mind that God will do through you. God is going to do something great through you. Maybe tonight, your friend or your roommates are telling you, hey, I'm depressed. I'm in darkness. I have a suicidal thought. I don't want to see tomorrow. Tell them, he that is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He that is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You know, I was sharing with Scott last week. I, I, I became a pastor very young. I became a pastor when I was 25 years old. People ask me like, oh, pastor, how did you know to become a pastor when you're 25? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. And I don't plan to become a pastor when I was 25, okay? I had no girlfriend yet at that time. How many of you know successful pastor must have a strong wife, right? I, have, I ain't have no wife. I ain't have no girl, you know. My congregation at that time, average age, 50. Average is 50. I was 25, so they are double of my age, okay. Few of them have grandchildren. I don't even have a girlfriend. And God wants me to preach in front of this 50 years old, 60, 70, 80 years old grandma and grandpa. Telling them that the power of heaven is my reality. Yeah, right. I've been Christian longer than your father has ever been born. <laughs> said, I'm, some of them came from a very traditional religion. 
So they were very upset when I said that the power that is in you is greater than anywhere else. He said, that's BS. I've never seen that before. My church, we are very, very cool. But don't be deceived. The power that is in you is greater than that is in the world. Come on. It, by the way, did you guys share in the, in the care group how you lead one person to Christ or how you have prayed for one person and that person received Jesus or they have transformation, they got healed? Share it. If you have no such story, then I challenge you to do it. Then you will have that story. I have lots of those stories. Even when I was in college, you know, when I was in college, I went to the best university in America, the University of Oregon. Yeah, go Ducks. Come on, Alan. Let's be proud, man. Yeah. Okay. And we were so committed. We love Jesus and we are college students. But no doubt the power that is in us is greater than anything in the world. Even though we were young, we were 18 years old. And so what we did is that a bunch of us friends, we commit ourselves every Wednesday, we are going to fast and pray for 10 of our friends. We list out 10 names, okay? And whoever of the 10 names, God answered the prayer, will strike out that names and we replace it with another name. So we always have 10 names. And one of the names is my buddy, my, one of my best friends. Uh, he went through elementary school with me in Singapore. And then we went through uh, or, uh, University of Oregon together. I, I prayed over him for uh, three weeks. And so I invited him to church. I said, hey, Eddie, you want to come? And he was so mad at first. He's like, Irwan, you know I don't play with religion. I was born Buddhist, so don't ever invite me if you want to be my friends. I said, oh, okay. I'm just inviting. If you don't want to come, don't be mad. I'm just inviting, okay? And he said, yeah, don't ever call me and don't ever invite me. I said, okay. But in my heart, but you can't say no to I pray for you, right? So I don't call him, I don't invite, but I prayed for him and fast for him, okay? A few months later, this is not long, okay? Maybe two months later, three months later, he called me. He said, hey, Irwin, that, 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 that Sunday service, uh, the, the church that you go, what, what, what time is that? I said, why? You want to come? No, 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 no. I'm just curious, what time is it? I said, 10 a.m. I said, okay. He didn't come that Sunday. Okay, the following Sunday, he called me again. He said, by the way, where, where is the, the Sunday service? Where is the church? I said, why, you want to come? He said, no, 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 no. I'm just wondering, where do you go at 10? I said, oh, we, we actually, our church is in the campus, in UFO campus, you know. So the, the, the building, I forgot the name of the building. The building is there. And he came the next Sunday. Okay, he came. One week, two week, three week, four week, ten weeks he came. And then he said, Irwan, I want to receive Jesus. I said, you serious? He said, yes, I want to receive Jesus. He said, and I want to be baptized. I said, great. But the problem is nobody is here to baptize you. Remember, we were college students. None of us are pastors, so none of us can baptize this person. And our pastor that comes, you know, every other week or every three weeks is in Vancouver, BC, guys. Okay, so from Eugene, to those of you who doesn't know Eugene, you should go. It's a very beautiful campus, okay? From Eugene to Vancouver, it takes us probably about almost eight hours drive. Eight hours drive, okay? But we were young, 
We love God. So we took our friend to Vancouver, BC. <laughs> but there's one barrier. I need a visa to get to Vancouver, BC. No problem. No problem. Because a few years back, the Canadian Consul General is here, was here in downtown Seattle. So no problem. So we drive up to downtown Seattle. We went to get our visa. We didn't realize that was Canada Day. The, visa, the, the Consul General was closed. I was mad because I already drove five hours. <laughs> okay. I am going back five more hours with no, nothing's done, you know. So I called my pastor. And I called my pastor uncle. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> we call, everybody called him uncle. I said, uncle, this is in downtown Seattle, okay? I'm going to reveal my age. Please hold on to your seat, okay? The cell phone wasn't even invented yet. So we have to take our quarters. And there is this booth. The color is white and gray and blue, Okay? And you put in coin as much as you can so that you can call Canada. Okay? And then in downtown. Uncle, I'm sorry. It's not my fault. The Canadian, Canadian embassy decided to close today. And then my pastor was an ex-Navy. Okay? You guys know ex-Navy? And he said, so? What do you mean So? I can't get my visa. He says, so? I can't get my visa. Irwan, you are the children of God. He that is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Now go to Vancouver without a visa. What? I was like, in my mind, I'm like, this is no joke. If I take my friend who was a Buddhist, entire family Buddhist, wants to receive Jesus, go to Vancouver without a visa, God departed. What am I going to say to the, to the dad? Oh yeah, uncle, sorry. Your son wants to receive Jesus, he got departed. Do you also want to receive Jesus, uncle? So I'm like, I'm stunned. I'm like, this is, my pastor is crazy. It's nuts. He know I was stunned. He said, everyone? Irwan, yes, uncle, do you believe it? You know, when past, my pastor said, do you believe it? You better believe it. Because I ain't have no more coins to, to add for him to preach. Okay, do you believe it? Yes, Om, yes, uncle. Do you believe it? Yes, uncle. Do you have faith? Yes, uncle. I can't hear you. Yes, uncle. I can't hear you. Yes, uncle. I can't hear you. Yes! This is in downtown Seattle. Everybody like, whoa. <laughs> you know? And then he said, Irwan, therefore now, drive to Vancouver. Because he that is in you is greater than he who is in me. So we were driving. The four nuts, you know, college kids. My friend's driving. I'm riding on a shotgun. And I was so scared. Because I don't want to be deported too. Because <laughs> I can't tell my dad. Because my dad was also not very supportive of me being a Christian. He was so mad, actually, that I became a Christian, too. So I was so scared. I said, like, the whole entire one and a half hours drive from Seattle, 
we literally, he that is in us is greater than he who is in the world. He that is in us is greater than he who is in the world. He that is in us is greater than he who is in the world. He that is in us is greater than he who is in the world. We arrived at the, at the border, so we gave the passport. And my friend, very smart, he's like, excuse me, before you open the passport, I want to tell you something before you open it. We don't have visa. But we need to get in because we have church to go. We're 18, okay? Don't laugh. We're very young. And the guy was like looking at all of our passport while me on the shotgun, like, he that is in us is greater than he who is in the world. He that is in us is greater than he who is in the world. You know, fortunately, he didn't notice it. Otherwise, like, is your friend need help? <laughs> you know? And then he said, why do you need to go to church? He said, I don't know. But today, we need to go to church. <laughs> Are you the speaker? No. Are you the VIP? No. Then who are you? I said, I don't know, but we need to go to church today. <laughs> Maybe the guy's confused, like these idiots, you know. <laughs> and then he keep looking at our passport and he said, did you bring any gifts? No. Did you bring any fruits or vegetables or produce or something like that? No. He's like, God bless you in Canada. He that is in you is greater than he who is in the world. My friend is still serving the Lord Jesus until today. Come on. It's not because of my power. It's not because of my mind. But because the spirit that lives in us, the Holy Spirit that is in us, is greater than anything in the world. Come on. I have a lot of stories, but we need to go lunch, okay? Okay? But I want you to not sit there, hey, my dear friends, and just thinking like, yeah, I'm just going to go to church, going to sing. After that, the announcer come. And then the pastor's going to preach, pray, have lunch, do my homework. And then Monday, <sighs> Monday again. And then Tuesday is even worse. It's not Monday. It's not Wednesday. I don't know what is Tuesday. And then Wednesday, scatting <sighs> there. Your life is so meaningless going from weekend to weekend while your friends are dying. Maybe your friends are crying. Your parents are crying. Your family are crying. And you thought that you can do nothing. He that is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Oh yes, the, Jesus said, pray this prayer. Our Father who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It doesn't say that your kingdom will come when the, heaven, when the earth comes to heaven. Come on, right? It doesn't say when earth meets heaven, but when heaven comes and invades earth, the move of the Spirit of God will come. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? If you don't believe it, exercise it. Practice it. It's okay. 18 years old, no problem. I went in without visa. Do I recommend you doing that? No. You got deported, I'm going to yell at you. <laughs> okay. Make sure you pray first. And that's God's conviction for you. Amen? I want to end. Okay, I want to end very fast. I want to share a story, a very quick story about Peter. Okay, you guys know Peter, right? Peter, not Pastor JP's son. Okay, this is Peter, the apostle. Okay, Peter was the one who denied Jesus 
Can you imagine a guy who denied Jesus three times? Anybody who denied me three times, you are out of my friendship. If you are not loyal to me three times, you are no longer in my circle. Sorry, dude. Sorry, sorry, bro. You are out. That was Peter denying Jesus three times. And after Jesus came back, he had a personal encounter with Peter. And here in Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, Jesus know Peter wasn't the perfect guy. Jesus know Peter wasn't the most outstanding guy. Okay, Jesus know he will betray him three times. Jesus know that this man is not the best. But yet, take a look at this in Matthew chapter 16. It really amazed me. Because Peter was a broken man. He was so disillusioned. He had his disappointment. He was confused after the death of Jesus. He denied Jesus three times. He was there, but yet, despite of his imperfection, despite of his weaknesses, this is what Jesus wrote in Matthew 16. He said, I say to you, Peter, that you are Peter. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Come on. You say your name. Hey, you, Irwan. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Everybody's like, ah, really? Yeah. Even for imperfect men like Peter, God still has a purpose. Next time, okay? We are almost done. Next time, to those of you who are new, you don't know my story. Okay? I was the most wretched man. I was the most broken man, okay? I did not come from a good background. You know, some of you are like, oh, pastor, your background is so messed up. I never experienced so messed up like that. You betcha. Yeah, I was so messed up. You know, I was in gangs. I took drugs. I, I had alcohol problem. You name it, okay? Next time, I'll tell you the story. But today, I want to encourage all of you. Listen, that he that is in you, he that is in you is greater than he who is in the world. First John 4.4. 4. Okay, can you memorize that? Memorize it. Next time when you encounter the spiritual battle in your life, or you are praying for your friend, just declare it to your friend. Hey, First John chapter 4, verse 4. You are God's children. He that is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Declare it. I, I remember this statement before. He said, if you are not being a spiritual influence, you are being influenced spiritually. If you are not being a spiritual influence, you are going to be spiritually influenced. Come on, my brothers and sisters. Can we see the move of the Holy Spirit through you? You can. You can. I know some of you are like, I don't know. Don't worry. Me too. Do you know how scared I was driving that one and a half hours from Seattle to Vancouver? I felt like that's the longest one and a half hours. My mouth declared it. But my mind keep going back. I said, oh, Irwan, you are so, you are such a fool. You're going to be deported for your foolishness. And your friend is not going to finish school because of your, your stupidness.
full, you full. It's okay. I might be a fool, but I'm a fool for Christ. Come on. Come on, right? My friend, he said one of these days, he wants to tell his side of the story. He said that my side wasn't that accurate. He said his side is more accurate. According to him, he said that I actually kidnapped him to Vancouver, BC. He never agreed to go to Vancouver, BC. But I was so stubborn that I kidnapped him to Vancouver, BC. I said, sure. Are you happy today that I kidnapped you to Vancouver, BC? He said, could, could never been better. Thank you for kidnapping me to Vancouver, BC. <laughs> so if your friend needs to be kidnapped to church, so be it. <laughs> okay, don't be so serious lah. I know. Don't scream. When the Holy Spirit wants to talk like this, what can you say? Let's all stand. I want to pray. As you stand in this room, I'm looking at generation. Looking of generation that God wants to move. Right? Hey, how many of you know that our words that comes out of our mouth has power. So when, when, when the worship team is going to sing this song, still keep quiet. Please say something. Speak it, okay? Even if you don't understand what the word means, just sing it together with them. Because the move of the Holy Spirit is going to move in your life and through your life. And you're going to, you're going to see miracles upon miracles. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Maybe you are going to pray for your parents that are in the brink of divorce, family restoration. Maybe you are praying for your friend who are sick. Maybe you have cancer. You pray and you declare it. She got healed. Oh yes, maybe your housemate is in the brink of committing suicide. And then you declare it over her. And then not only she was healed, but she found joy. She found abundant joy. Oh yeah. Let's sing it out, okay? It's okay if you don't understand, but declare it because I can see a generation that is going to move.